Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again on the Word Podcast. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. And so we're at the sixth chapter. And if you remember in the last episode, we had the account of Jesus walking on the water. Really, Jesus walking on the stormy water, okay? Waves cast here and there, the winds blowing like crazy. And you remember that the disciples were frightened. They were scared to death when they saw him coming. They didn't know what this was or who this was or what was happening. And so Jesus told them to fear not. And then it said that they willingly received him into the boat. They were glad to take him into the boat. I don't know why. For some reason, that just makes me chuckle. Like, what are they going to say? No, Jesus, we just want you to hang out there, and we want to watch you, you know, uh, skate across the water right there or something. No, they, 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 they were ecstatic about him being there. They were willingly received him. They were amazed. They were in awe over what they just experienced. As soon as he's received into the boat, according to verse 21 of John 6, it says, immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Immediately. That means at that moment, I believe. So let's pick it up because verse 22 says this. On the next day, so this is the day after they'd gone across, had the encounter with Jesus walking on the water. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had only been one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. So this goes back to what I, I said yesterday. This sort of clarifies things from the Gospel of John perspective. When you look at the other Gospels, you see that uh, Jesus actually put him in the boat and sent him on. Then he went up to the mountaintop. When you read John, it says he goes to the mountaintop and the disciples left. And it nearly looks like that they waited until after Jesus had gone to the mountaintop. Well, this clarifies it. No, he hadn't done that. He had sent the disciples off. How do I know that? Because the crowd saw it. Okay, in verse 22, it says the crowd saw it, that Jesus had not entered a boat with his disciples. The crowd saw that Jesus didn't get in the boat with his disciples and that his disciples had gone away alone. The crowd saw them start to roll out there without Jesus. Then Jesus goes up to the mountaintop to be alone and the crowd disperses. So it's the next day the crowd gathers there. They see that one boat gone, but they can't find Jesus. And so, you know, a lot of times when we read Scripture and we read things historically speaking of folks that lived a couple thousand years ago, we have a tendency within our rarefied Western mind to think that they were inferior to us. We think that they were unlearned and uneducated, not quite as smart as we are. That's the bottom line. Let me tell you what, folks, nothing could be further from the truth. Okay, they may not have gone through what we consider to be academic exercises. Okay, I think that we're probably the ones fooling ourselves. <laughs> okay, these folks were sharp. They put this together and said, Something's up here. Where is Jesus? So, other boats from Tiberias had come near, according to verse 23, came near the place where they'd eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Word had gotten out of what Jesus had done. They came there, look what it says, where they'd eaten bread after the Lord had given thanks. This is when he fed the 5,000. People had heard about this. They wanted to see this. They wanted to experience this. What is going on? So they're gathering together. Verse 24. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got in the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. 
So it's not saying that the entire multitude got in boats, but a lot of them got in boats and they were going to Capernaum to seek Jesus. Well, how do they know where to go? Because they saw the disciples leave and they knew where the disciples were going. So they hop in their boats. They go over to the other side. Verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? So they wanted to know how he got there because there was no way he could have walked around the sea in that length of time. How in the world did they get there? Well, it's a twofold kind of thing. And Jesus really doesn't address their question at all, as we're about to see. But one part of it was that he walked. He walked across the water. And then we got to the boat that was three or four miles out. Remember that? The boat was three or four miles out. When they got to there, and when he got to the boat, they received him. He's instantly on the other side. Now, that does beg the question, how far was it to the other side? I don't know. I don't remember. I probably should have looked that up, you know. One side of me wants to say it was 20 miles, but I'm thinking that's too far. It might have been like seven. <clears throat> it wasn't hundreds of miles. Let me put it that way. But I do know that it was more than three or four. <laughs> Like that, but something in the back of my mind is saying somewhere between seven and twenty. Uh, sorry about that. I should have looked that up, right? Well, anyway, they're asking, "How did you get here?" Here's what Jesus' response was, verse twenty-six. Jesus answered them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves." Hmm. Now they'd seen various signs. This particular crowd had seen the sign of the loaves and the fish being multiplied. But Jesus is telling them, you're not seeking me because you saw that sign. Remember, John wrote this account and, and, and gave us these signs that we would know and believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah. So Jesus is saying, you're not seeking me because you believe. In other words, you're not seeking me because you saw this sign and you now believe that I am the Son of God. He's just acknowledging that from me. He said, that's not why you're seeking me. You're seeking me because you ate your fill of the loaves. You know, that got me thinking a little bit right before I hit the record button here a while ago about this. Uh, don't you know that was good bread and good fish? You know, I wonder if it was warm. <laughs> I feel sure it was fresh. It was barley, so it wasn't high-quality bread. But, boy, we've all been to those restaurants where they bring out that uh, dark bread like that that is so good. These folks had their fill of these loaves, and Jesus is just telling them, you're just here because it's time for breakfast or time for lunch, probably lunch by the time they found him, right? You, you just want to come and experience that again. So he tells them what the truth in verse 27 is. He says, do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Oh, this is great. So he's telling them, as he does all the way through John, with every one of these signs that John has recounted to us, uh, Jesus speaks with the people, deals with the people, addresses the people, teaches the people where they are, Okay, what is going on in their life. With a woman at the well, She's at the well to retrieve water. He talks to her about rivers of living water and about a, a water that you can have where you'll never thirst again. Okay? When Nicodemus, he's asking about the things with teachers and that kind of thing, and he deals with Nicodemus with the law and just cuts to the chase, saying you must be born again. 
Jesus deals with them where they are. He doesn't try to create and try to superimpose. We're, we're so bad about this, folks. We're, we're dealing with somebody, and we're, we're talking with them, and we feel like we're supposed to share the truth of the kingdom of God with them, to share the gospel with them. And the way we're thinking is, how can I superimpose my little tool that I've learned how to do this to where this will work? <clears throat> the tools are great. Okay, we must know the Word of God. And it's good to know the Word of God in an organized kind of way. Nothing wrong with that. But we need to do it what, the way that Jesus did. They were interested in the food. He knew they were interested in food. He says, don't work for the food that perishes. Don't make this your main goal in life. Does that mean that you sit back in the rocking chair and don't work and hope somebody brings you food? No, 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 no. He's saying that your focus and your attention should be upon the food that endures to eternal life, not the bread of the stomach, but the bread of life that is the Son of God. And he tells them why. That the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. So he calls himself the Son of Man. He says, I will give this to you. For on him, and he means himself, on me, God the Father has set his seal. He's letting them know that the Most High God the Father, Yahweh himself, has set his seal upon me and upon what I'm doing. Now, don't you know that's going to send the religionists over the edge when they hear about that? Of course it will. But he's telling the people right here, don't get distracted by this. Don't seek me for what I can provide for you, which so many professing people do. Okay? And when times get tough, they walk away. Well, John tells us about that later in 1 John. He says, if they were of us, they would have stayed. In other words, they were true believers. They would continue believing in good times or bad times. If they leave in the bad times, that just shows you they were here just for what they could get out of it at that time. Well, take this before the Lord and see what he tells you, okay? Again, I'm Dale. Pastor, worry about these times, and I'll see you again next time.